32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time Prayer Psalm 63 O God, you are my God. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land, where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands and call all your name. My soul is satisfied as with a rich feast, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips when I think of you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for you. I sing for joy. Reading the Word First reading Wisdom of Solomon, Chapter 6 Wisdom is radiant and unfading, and she is easily discerned by those who love her, and is found by those who seek her. She hastens to make herself known to those who desire her. One who rises early to seek her will have no difficulty, for she will be found sitting at the gate. To fix one's thought on her is perfect understanding, and one who is vigilant on her account will soon be free from care, because she goes about seeking those worthy of her, and she graciously appears to them in their parts and miss them in every thought. Second reading, First Thessalonians chapter 4 We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do, who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them, to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Gospel Matthew chapter 25 Jesus said, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, 
all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout. Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Hearing the word, prepare. The final three Sundays of the liturgical year feature the last three parables of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. Since the account of the Passion follows immediately, they in fact conclude Jesus' entire public ministry. Not surprisingly, these parables focus on matters pertaining to the final events in a person's life and in the world's history. Study of these final events is called eschatology. Thus, in the course of these three Sundays, we will be focused on the eschatological teaching of Jesus and the culmination of human history as we now know it. The first reading comes from the Book of Wisdom. Generally, the word wisdom refers to the understanding and insight that enables a person to live well and to achieve lasting happiness. However, the Book of Wisdom features a unique way of describing wisdom by presenting it as a woman. The author portrays Lady Wisdom as someone who reflects God's own self who accompanied God when God created the world, and who has some of God's own attributes. She is radiant and unfading. By making wisdom a person and associating her closely with God at creation, the author teaches that God designed human life wisely, that is, with the purpose of achieving the full and lasting happiness which can be achieved by following the paths of Lady Wisdom. Wisdom does not come automatically, but needs to be loved and sought after. The search must be so intense as to make one rise early. Saying this, the author implies that people have to strive intensely to understand what is the true goal and purpose of human life according to God's design. Having such understanding and living according to it makes a person truly wise. The readings that follow will clarify what is this true goal and purpose. The author also implies that the very act of searching for such wisdom makes a person already wise because it testifies that he or she understand that 
serious reflection on life's true purpose and meaning is necessary. Such realization is in itself the beginning of wisdom. The second reading comes from the central part of Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. One of the main reasons that Paul wrote it were the doubts of the community members regarding the fate of those who died before Christ's parousia, Christ's return to the earth. The Thessalonians asked Paul whether those who had died before the parousia would be disadvantaged in comparison with those still alive at that moment. Paul's answer was brief and precise. He began by stating that they must not grieve for those who have died. Like those others, we have no hope. For Paul, hope means the assurance of eternal life with Christ, which awaits the faithful after death. Christians should be certain that there is a common and glorious future that awaits them all. Next, Paul describes what will happen at the parousia when Jesus returns. Both the dead and the living will rise together to meet him in the clouds in order to escort him back to earth. Here, we have to understand that parousia is a Greek word which originally described a formal procedure for welcoming a very important individual, such as a king arriving to visit a city. In order to welcome him, the citizens would go out to meet the visitor when he was still far away and then escort him to their city in a festival procession. For this reason, Paul states that the faithful are going to meet the coming Lord in the air which in their understanding was the space halfway between heaven and earth. Meeting him there, they would escort Jesus down to the earth to be with him forever. Paul understands heaven as the presence of Christ with his faithful on the earth, where God's kingdom belongs. Paul's words contain a striking and clear assurance that the final human destiny lies in eternal life with Christ on the earth, transformed into the new heaven by Christ's parousia. The first of the three great eschatological parables in Matthew chapter 25 contains a story of a wedding feast. Weddings in the Bible are often a setting in which eschatological events take place. This is evident from the book of Revelation, where Christ's coming to the earth is described as a wedding, with the new Jerusalem coming down to earth as a bride, and the parousia of Christ called the marriage of the Lamb, Revelation chapter 19. Today's parable narrates the story of ten bridesmaids, five foolish and five wise. All were invited to the wedding feast. All experienced the delay of the feast, and equally, all fell asleep. The only difference between them is that five were adequately prepared, having enough oil for their lamps, while the other five did not think ahead and ran out of oil. 
With the bridegroom approaching those who lacked oil, ask for help from those who had enough. However, the request was refused. In the end, the foolish bridesmaids were shut out and excluded from the wedding feast. This parable, clearly describing human destiny, conveys a twofold message. First, human beings need to prepare for encountering the coming of the Lord, the bridegroom, at the end of time. This is the inescapable and ultimate fate of all human beings. The wise know this and prepare adequately for that final encounter and the final judgment. This is what Jesus means by keeping awake. The foolish also know about it, but do not adequately prepare for the final event. The second important lesson is that each human being is personally responsible for making adequate preparations. The fact that the oil in the parable cannot be shared by the bridesmaids means that it is entirely up to every individual to prepare and that each is responsible for their own fate. At the time of the final judgment, someone else's work and efforts cannot be in any measure shared or used by others in order to make them welcome into God's heavenly kingdom. Beginning the journey towards the end of the liturgical year, we are made keenly aware that human beings need to be wise with regard to their deaths and what happens afterwards by adequately preparing for those final and escapable events. Initially, this wisdom consists in realizing that the ultimate human destiny lies in encountering God and Christ in eternity, as Paul stated with great clarity in the second reading. Those who prepare for that meeting adequately are wise in that they know where their destiny and the focus for their lives lies. These are the wise bridesmaids who will be admitted to the wedding feast and will be known by Jesus the bridegroom, because they prepared themselves adequately. Today's liturgy serves as an introduction to this theme, which will be further expounded in the two Sundays that will follow. But the preparation always begins with careful reflection, which Jesus called keeping awake, and which the psalmist described in the words, I think of you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. Listening to the Word of God Today, we reflect on being prepared as Christians and as human beings. Generally speaking, preparation is about being focused. When a person is focused in life, they are able to define their purpose and goals in whatever they are doing. They are not so easily influenced by others because they know what they are after. Such attitude is what the first reading calls wisdom. In our African society, there is a common belief that the elders are the ones who have wisdom. Truly they do, and we see it in them, because they have a lot of experience in life, and above all, they have had clear goals set. The goals which enabled them 
to achieve their purpose in life and be so successful as to gain recognition and respect. But even a young person can be wise if he or she lives by what the first reading of today teaches. This wisdom is to search for one's purpose and meaning in life from one's youth. The parable of today illustrates for us the need of always being prepared. We are told that there were ten virgins, of which five were wise and five were foolish. What makes the five wise is their preparedness. It demonstrates the attitude of being focused, knowing what to do at a given time, and doing it well. For the five wise ones, it was not just all about going to wait for the bridegroom to arrive, but it also entails being responsible by doing what is necessary well ahead. Preparedness is all about thinking ahead of time and not allowing oneself to be negligent and lax. If, for instance, I am going for an exam or an interview tomorrow, for sure I would have to prepare myself well ahead of time, not wait until the morning of the event and then improvise or start running elter-skelter. There is a saying among the Yoruba people of Nigeria that where you sit when you are told shows where you stood in your youth, it again evokes an attitude of preparing well for the future. Now as Christians, we are called to transpose this attitude to our daily life. The reading of today reminds us of the basic truth of human and Christian life. We are pilgrims on this earth, and our time here is limited. Knowing this, we have to look at life with full realization that every day and hour brings us closer to its end. As Christians, this end means meeting with the Lord. Thus, we have to prepare ourselves for his coming, which is sure to okay. No one can run away or be exempted from this moment. We are called to be responsible by making adequate preparations for the final judgment that awaits each one of us. If we live our Christian vocation well by following Christ radically, living as he did by loving and being compassionate to others, then we can be sure that our preparation for this meeting is going well and we will not be found without oil in our lamps. Where you will sit when you are old shows where you stood in your youth. Action Self-examination What are my goals in life? Am I working towards fulfilling them, or am I putting off consistently pursuing them? Do I allow my friends or people around me to influence me negatively from doing what I am convinced is right? Am I firm in my decisions, or do I allow others to decide for me? Response to God I will make it a point of commitment to focus on whatever I will be doing today. I will dedicate today for myself, away from my friends, examine myself and look at the goals I have set for myself. Response to your world 
In my personal prayer, I will pray for all my friends and family members who have helped me to realize some of my goals and be the person I am today. As a group, we will reread the readings of today. We will take a brief moment of silence and afterwards discuss what are the goals and purposes we have as a group. Do these help us to prepare better for the eventual meeting with our Lord? Or are they simply about socializing and having a good time together? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of life that you have given to each one of us. We thank you for giving us a clear purpose in life and eternal destiny in meeting you. We thank you for our parents, school teachers, church leaders, and friends who have contributed to making our lives what they are today. May you continue to bless and protect them wherever they are. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.